welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield. I'm like a plane coming in for landing. (laughs) (laughs) We're all here and we're all excited with real life, living real life, and we are the most authentic people on the planet, I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, we're definitely going to keep it real with you. We are not pretending to be anything we are not. And hopefully that is really refreshing and a relief and gives permission to everyone else as well to just, we're so thankful you're here in our community. And so we're letting you into this behind the scenes moment that I thought I would like to, if that's okay, Samuel, like please give, give our listeners a little bit of an update. Samuel's so good about thanking everyone um, related to Alexander Wells and the logo and um, Steve Dodge and the music and JHR counseling for hosting and all these things. And I noticed this, if you all listen to our off the beaten path with Shane, um, Shane Ray Martin, he was very intentional to say, and thank you to Samuel Richards. And we don't ever give a shout out to Samuel Mm-mm. Richards. And I just want to pause for a that. moment because he, Samuel, you, and for listeners, he is like the whole foundation of why we get to get this all out to you. The juggling act behind the scenes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the juggling act. So if you can imagine all the spinning plates that that takes in real life to accomplish that, the producer and organizer. And so I just want to give my thanks. And um, Sarah, I'm sure you have a similar heartfelt um, gratitude as well. But Samuel has taken our episodes and we want to inform you as listeners what we're doing. And we had kind of given you an update that instead of doing seasons now we we have graduated from seasons we've been with you all and set the foundation and we decided you know what how long does a season last we're all in all kinds of ebbs and flow of season and so instead we've restructured our previous episodes into different categories of just a running tab of which episode we're on and then we're also going to Um, do the same thing with deep breath because that is coming in consistently every other week. I hope you're enjoying those for those who, who like to have a very brief um, episode and a pause and a, yes, if you only could see the video of Sarah, just taking a moment to close her eyes and take it in, I can just see the, (laughs) it's beautiful. And so um, yeah, if that is a part of, your regimen or your rituals and i would love if it would become that for you you'll also be able to very quickly find which one you're looking for if you're referencing it like to a friend or um, someone at work and you say check out this number it will help you find it faster and so that restructuring process is in the works and is happening and will be helpful and so thank you samuel for doing all that Yeah, no problem. You know, there is actually the lead up to um, Life After 50, our 50th episode. And previously, it doesn't make any sense. It's like season two, episode, you know, 27 or something. Yeah. And I was getting to, you know, 45 and I'm like, okay, (laughs) I hope this is episode 50 (laughs) that we actually counted (laughs) it right. (laughs) But we did. It's all good. Yay. um, Well done, producer. Well done. I, I can count. 
Not much higher than 50, but I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and here we're having like milestone birthdays and across the lifespan, it would be super fun to do another episode on um, Sarah's big birthday coming up. (laughs) Yes, it is coming up. I am proud of it. I have navigated a journey I never thought possible. Hmm. Yeah. And here I am. And it shows. And it shows. Yeah. So we should, we should make sure we circle around at some point with that. I think that's meaningful. But all this to say, what we've been recently processing for those who have joined me on Deep Breath, I had an episode where I talked about listening and the importance of listening internally to ourselves and what our body is asking for and what it needs, and then also how we listen to offer that presence to others. So there's kind of a two-layered part to it, listening to our bodies, listening to others, And then there was also in our last deep breath movement, and that one kind of had a a two-layered feel of, do I need to move more as Samuel's doing his stretches while he's listening? Hmm. (laughs) I, we need to pull the videos out out. at some point. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, Then you just see how often we're eating during these episodes. (laughs) (laughs) We don't eat much. We don't eat much Mm. on here. Almonds, at least. There you go something. But the idea of checking in with ourselves and, and with the amount of movement we've had and being embodied is, do I need to stand and stretch? Do I need to get outside? Do I need to look at the sky? Do I need some fresh air or do I need to stop this rat race for a little bit and all the spinning plates and just exhale and let all of the busyness go aside And so I guess as I'm reflecting together with you all about where we've been processing kind of organically, because how those deep breath topics come up are very much what's coming up for me lately. What have I been reflecting on? I don't have an agenda. I'm really working to be, and working is probably the wrong word because it sounds agenda oriented. I'm really attempting to be very, present in the moment and just fluid and flowing and just whatever feels helpful. And so as I see these themes kind of at play here, I thought it would be neat for us to spend a little bit of time talking about this idea of being embodied. What does it mean to to have a body where I'm listening to myself, I'm listening to others, because really we've talked before about how our nervous systems speak to each other and how our mind even is more than just in our skull. It's the neurons in our, in our stomach, in our gut, and all these various parts. But it's also how two nervous systems pick up on each other's cues. And so listening to my body, listening to someone else's body, and then that idea of movement is so important in how we feel emotion and how we express ourselves and how we find out what our needs are. Um, that's all part of being embodied too. So is this making some sense? Samuel, Sarah, give me some reflection on what all of this is saying of this concept of, cause Sarah, you mentioned earlier, like, what do you mean being embodied, having a body and being attentive to it, noticing it, seeing what it needs. Julie, you've talked a lot about um, being disconnected from our bodies 
And when we're in states of fight or flight or, you know, outside our polyvagal um, um, parameters or when we're in the throes of anxiety and panic, we are like disconnected from our bodies. And your deep breaths are a great way to stay, to become connected with your body and to bring yourself back into your body so that you can listen and hear what your body needs. And kind of like a body community roots with updating our numerical system for our episodes, we've been listening to our body. What, what, do, what does community roots need? How can we hear it better? And this is a analogy that's just going to go away with me, but, um, I love that, that manifestation of what it means to listen to your body with how we've restructured things on that side and in a lot of ways i think you know even trying to connect more it almost reminds me of just you know almost meditating in general you know um i really like something that we've been trying to focus on a little bit is like follow your passion you know Mm -hmm. and i think what that entails is instead of you know that outwardly you know you can almost feel yourself leave your body as you try to worry about other people or you try and you're in a stressful situation you can feel yourself sort of what the feeling i feel is kind of going up into the clouds where i almost see things from a third party perspective so i agree as always it's always interesting how community roots is real living (laughs) Mm -hmm. and kind of what we're doing and so I agree, you know, taking that time and feeling out that body. I I think that is really interesting. So as you're saying that, Samuel, like that out there feeling is, is the meditation for you a way of coming back to be then more focused, more embodied, more aware, because we can get so driven with, I've got all these tasks to do. I've got all this stuff to do. And I'm putting so much out there that I really need to pause check in, come back mm-hmm. to home base, which we've talked about just a few times. No, exactly what you were saying, like the returning to the body mm-hmm. and the feeling of the limbs instead of almost, you know, just the importance of my own body's perspective or even like with the following your passion or trying to figure out what community roots need. It's like, what do we actually want to do and what's our actual focus instead of this ambiguous, large, you know, what does the world need? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or even like, you know, how do I solve in in a personal sense, you know, how do I solve all these problems, these stressful situations that kind of pulls me from it? Mm-hmm. And just like being on an airplane, when those, when they give you the instructions, the safety instructions and those, ox- and t- they talk about the oxygen masks coming down how you put yours on first and then you can put on your child's and that's not our first reaction. Our first reaction is, Oh, we're going to take care of the people around me, but you have to, you have to take care of yourself first before you can be of any assistance to anyone, including the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Julie, go ahead. We had talked a little bit beforehand about listening to your body, obviously. And what does that mean? you know, we talk about listening to your body, coming back into home base. What are the actual tangible experiences we can hone in on so that we know how to listen to our body? One thing that's always been told to me because I am a consistent panicker, um, recovering panicker, whatever. You never get out of it, but you just learn more, you get more tools. Um, Not to say never, but 
is, well, where do you feel the, the therapist will ask me, where do you feel the panic in your body? Where do you feel mm -hmm. the, the anxiety? And, you know, when I first started getting asked those questions, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not in my elbow. I mean, like, exactly. a, like a physical ball of anxiety, because for me, Sarah Wakefield, it is in my stomach. It is my gut. That is where my hmm. anxiety resides. Okay. But what therapists are actually trying to get me to do is check in with my body mm. to, to pay more attention to being present and breathing in mm. my body. Mm -hmm. And I just actually just realized that. So it's not something I thought about beforehand. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought that was fascinating to take step one mm -hmm. is where do you feel this, this, whatever you're feeling in your body? Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. Mom, where do you feel your stress? Well, it's funny when Sarah brought up that question because I am a trauma therapist and I've been doing this for a number of years that I can't originally I'm going to say it this way I originally could not stand that question because mm. it would be like we're taught to ask it right where there's a purpose and it's important but the reason why I didn't like the question was because I didn't know the answer for myself mm. and so like even asking the question of how do we get embodied and what how do we listen to our body and how do we do all this when you asked that my mind kind of went back to my own journey with this, which is I would describe old self as, or previous to this work that I've, this journey that I'm on is that I almost experienced my life as a walking head because hmm. I would intellectualize a lot. I would study hmm. a lot and I would be very left brained and I still had very much an empathic heart to care for other people, but I didn't know how to care for myself at all. I didn't know how to feel my own emotion, grief, pain, anything. And so it was almost like so disembodied or so not understanding how to listen to my body. And it's interesting, I love where this conversation is organically flowing because when I trained as an EMDR therapist five years ago, my teacher, whom I just adore, would frequently ask the question or say the statement, which we do as EMDR therapists, notice that. Mm -hmm. Notice that. And I would just be like, you know, the student in the class with the confusion going, what am I noticing? Like, what's the answer? So going back to the question of where do you feel that in your body? Or even Samuel, you asking mom, where do you feel your stress? My initial answer to that would have been prior to the work that I'm doing intentionally in the last many years. <laughs> there, it, this isn't just a new thing. It's been an ongoing uh, focus that I've been really wanting to solve the mystery or something. Um, I previously would have had no idea how to answer that because I really wasn't embodied and I wasn't integrated enough. I would just know the head ends, the cognitive, I can give you the answer to the question. I've studied the material. Um, but when someone says, where do you feel shame? Where do you feel stress? Where do you feel your anxiety? I'd be like, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, so I'm learning more about that. 
And I would say it is really hard for me to find it in my body is my first answer. These sensations for some of us can be very subtle, very subtle, which I think makes it harder because then what do we have to do to listen to them? Slow everything down and just be like, I'm not actually looking for a ginormous thing. I might be looking for or experiencing or noticing a really subtle little uh, swish or whoosh or like, whew, I just feel something in my throat go to my stomach Mm. or my face will start to um, kind of flush or tingle or I can have a sensation of tears are about to come to my eyes or all these little noticings that I'm starting to go, oh, that's what this means to be embodied. That's where I find. So I don't have, I mean, my first answer in all authenticity to that question is I don't even have a, this is where I feel my anxiety or where I feel my shame. Mm. As much as I have a, I'm going to have to, for me to authentically answer that question. And I'm working currently with um, a somatic therapist that is helping me like monthly kind of check in with your body. What are you noticing? Mm. What are you, what sensations are you having? And I've had to say to her, which is very welcomed. I need a minute. When you ask me a question, I have to pause because so quick, there's a part of me that wants to say, what's the answer? I don't know the answer. Panic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it has helped my work with her so much to be able to say, let me just take a minute and really check in. Like, what am I noticing? All that to say that with practice, with repetition, with greater awareness and noticing, I can then check in, not even just as a generalized answer. Like I feel my anxiety in my elbow, like (laughs) Sarah's funny example, Um, which is not where you said you felt it, but you know, like that kind of clear answer. Mm -hmm. I'm more like, well, what am I noticing right now? Mm. And that's what matters because it could shift. It could change. It could develop. So circling back to your question about how do we even do this in the first place? I think a key part of it is slow it all down. And it is like what we said with the deep breath episode of listening noticing which it took me years to figure out what in the world does that notice that we say that all the time notice that mm. what am i what am i noticing what am i supposed to notice and i'll i'll say this for encouragement it's okay to notice nothing yep mm. it's okay that and see now what just happened i got a shiver down my arm and I'm excited about that because I noticed it. And so I'm more embodied because I'm starting to pick up on those sensations. I'm starting mm-hmm. to go, oh, my stomach is feeling a little empty, queasy, kind of something shifting in there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it might be, I love this, sometimes that might be an unmet need, like I need to eat my lunch, which is completely accurate. Um, sometimes it might be an emotion, like I feel sad or I feel grief or I feel stress or anxiety. Sometimes it might be a memory of something that will kind of evolve in a right brain way. And then I love 
Dan Siegel, I was just listening to yesterday on Audible. I've totally gotten into the Audible thing and listening to whole bunches of books. Now I've got all kinds of information coming to me at all times. Um, Get ready for some unpack that's coming <laughs> down the pipeline. I know. I'm so excited about it. But he said, you know, and sometimes it's nothing. Like sometimes it's not a memory or an, because people are always worried like, well, what if I don't remember my childhood what it does that mean it was traumatic does that mean it was bad mm. he said sometimes we just our brains aren't geared to remember explicit memory like that or to hold that mm. much and so sometimes it's nothing and so i love the freedom of noticing that it's allowed to be i don't know it's allowed to be i need a moment to figure out what i'm allowing to bubble up or surface or become aware of and sometimes it's, I don't, I don't really notice anything. So even as I'm talking right now, I've got all these sensations going on in different parts of my body because I'm becoming more intentional to slow it down, allow that space for the answer to emerge. It's our left brain that wants the quick answer and the formula and the agenda and it's working with like what we understand in our left brain as a foundation and we use it. And it's not that one part of the brain is preferable to the other. It's the communication between both of them. Hmm. And it's the right brain answer that's much more relational, emotional. What images come to mind? What memories come to mind? What body sensations? Where's our implicit memory held? Where's our unresolved work? It's all that right brain, unconscious dynamics coming up, which is what ultimately we are working on in EMDR therapy. And I do intentionally plant these seeds because of where we're headed in coming weeks with Community Roots that we're going we're to talk about some of this stuff of like, how do we heal? What does, what does it even mean, A, to be embodied, but B, also to have implicit, unconscious, unresolved parts and what does it look like to bring healing and integration and growth and progress and transformation that we don't just stay stuck? So I think all of this is so super exciting. I hope some of it's landing. I'm curious how it's landing for both I, of I you. I think it's interesting. Something that comes up for me, and I just wanted to say this real quick. I just identify so much with like the floating head analogy yeah. of like, I'm even at work sometimes and somebody will give me an answer and I'll just respond in the affirmative, even without even answer, like even thinking about it. Like, hey, Samuel, I need to help with something. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, what did I just agree to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or even like, myself into. yeah, uh, Samuel, what are you feeling? Oh, I'm fine. You know, or just kind of like some of the routine answers. I'm, I'm really curious about these next couple of weeks and even you know, I like the idea of pausing and feeling. I, I don't know what it brings up for you, Sarah. Um, but I know for me, like, I, I just identify with that floating head analogy. The noticing part, um, that has been critical because it's without judgment. So mm -hmm. notice, just notice. That's what my MDR, MDR therapist said the same thing. Okay, notice. And then, and then move on. Like, don't, you're not talking it away in a box. You're just noticing it. You're acknowledging it. Okay. That's, that's something to be aware of. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue walking down the street. Mm -hmm. Um, but so, this is landing so hard with me, Julie. I am like, like I have so many ideas coming out. 
that I just am like, <laughs> we got to talk about this. And we got to talk about this. Um, Welcome to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you should share the uh, the meme that you put in our group chat with our listeners. I will. I will. Um, if, for all our listeners, check out our social media because I have a great meme or GIF of Julie uh, operating yesterday. <laughs> um, but basically, it's the cat frantically typing, but it's out of control, um, which I love. Also, like there's so much one... energy racing through us that we're just like, which way do we go with this? It's so much excitement. There's also a good squirrel one on a bird feeder that I almost pee my pants every time when I watch it. <laughs> um, You'll have to post that one. I'll, I'm curious. Um, can, I just want to touch on a couple of things really fast. And by couple, I mean four. Um, exercise, <laughs> exercise links our right brain and our left brain. So right. you want to talk about connecting your body and noticing exercise will teach you how to notice your body and will bring in, uh, your right brain so that your cause your left brain is going to be like, Oh, I'm going to analyze everything about this workout. Well, your right brain is the body doing it. So walking, walking is a great way mm, to yeah. get right brain, left brain, um, connected. And so, uh, a lot of times in EMDR, well, a lot. EMDR is all about connecting your right brain, left brain. Mm -hmm. If you don't have access to a therapist, walking is a great way um, to reprocess uh, and just to think like, just not even reprocess, but just to process in general. You're going mm -hmm. through something tough, going on a walk mm -hmm. that will help you as you uh, work through that. Um, uh, I'm going to skip around a little bit, but authenticity through embodiment, Julie, is something where I think we're getting really close to. It's like we're circling on this orbit. Mm. But the more authentic you can be with your body by mm -hmm. noticing, mm -hmm. by paying attention, the more authentically you can be with your yourself and other people. Yeah. And we're all about how to live our lives authentically. Well, that starts with you. Um, mm -hmm. do, are you treating yourself authentically? Are you paying attention? Are you noticing? Are you taking measures to bring awareness to your body? Uh, exercise is a great way to release stress and tension. So when you've noticed these things, mm -hmm. maybe your body is saying, like Julie said, oh, I need to get outside or ground my feet in some dirt, <laughs> you know, stand mm -hmm. by a tree, go for a walk, um, go mm -hmm. bird watching or pay attention, notice things as I go on my walk. So I'm, you're noticing your body and then you are, you're spreading that out um, as you go throughout your day. Again, without judgment. Mm -hmm. a, a great way to do this, an absolutely fantastic way to do this is through yoga. And I know we talk about yoga yeah. and not everybody likes the thought of yoga or meditation. I know people who are like, oh, meditation is just emptying your mind and yoga is for granola people. Well, <laughs> yoga is uh, a fantastic practice for finding awareness and bringing it to your body. One of my mm -hmm. favorite things, and I'm going to plug yoga with Adrian here is that in all of her practices, she's all about awareness and noticing. Mm -hmm. And she'll say things like, now relax your tongue, <laughs> relax your, soften your jaw, soften the skin of your forehead. And I mm -hmm. will find that I have been holding that tension in my mm -hmm. forehead. Right. And it's those little notices, <laughs> Samuel's, you know, you know, softening the skin. Um, she'll talk about like, are you clenching your thigh? Are you, um, how are your shoulders? Relax those shoulders. Are you cramping your toes? You know, it's all these little things, but it's bringing awareness and authenticity, authenticity to your body because you deserve to know who you are and know how your body is functioning mm -hmm. and to pay attention to that and carry that on. Um, 
through the rest of your day. So I love this topic. I could talk about this topic. Um, it's one of the things when we talk about mental health, you know, people, and it, it just like passions in general, um, what brings your spirit alive? This is something that brings my spirit alive because I find mm. the value that it, I have found with it. I, um, started off, you know, in college, the way I managed stress, I started running mm. and then that's all I did. So if I was stressed, I'd go for a run. And now I've incorporated a lot more exercises as I've paid more attention. Mm. Um, and, um, I, so anyway, all I'm saying is that exercise, and I don't want you to think that you have to go to the gym and, you know, pound, like work some iron and bend some barbells to get this, which, you know, we all need strength training. Um, cause I want my body to last for a really long time, <laughs> but all this to say, it could be as simple as going out, taking your shoes off and standing in your yard. Mm -hmm. And what I love with the examples that you're sharing, Sarah, is that you, you are doing the work. You are being embodied. That's what it means is to take little steps, little bits of noticing or being responsive to muscles, breath, stretching, movement, emotion, like all these different aspects of ourselves that we can bring into awareness and then be responsive to. And that I think is if we had to sum up what is embodiment, I think that's a good start. That's a good start. And I think there is a lot more for us to continue to explore in this. Yeah. And you know what, if this is something that's interesting to you and it's something that drags your attention, Hey, now's the time to kind of, you know, contact us and let us know. Cause I know as we kind of look at these next episodes and kind of, you know, um, the last, I'm going to say phase instead of season being, you know, coming back to home base, you know, kind of an extension of that or this next phase as we kind of talk about embodiment or even, you know, just kind of existing in that place. I, I'm curious, you know, what comes out to you as the listener and kind of where do you connect? Mm. And, um, yeah, how can we make this a community-based adventure? Yeah. You know, the, the, the hundreds of us together. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And when you say phase, it made me think of the moon. <laughs> Phases of nice. the moon. Nice. Hey, there we and, go. And now just the, yeah, like, because the moon is rhythmic too, right? Like mm -hmm. our um solstice and our equinox and our movement and the moon like it's in nature it's in our bodies it's this rhythm that's really beautiful to kind of go with the uh what's evolving unfolding yeah that's kind of cool to just reflect that back with nature i love it well, um, you know, I was noticing, <laughs> nice. well, actually, yeah. no, but uh, we start off with a gratitude and even, you know, continuing as the uh, episode went on an affirmation, I've just, uh, you know, been trying to take time out of my day to even kind of draw attention to those things. So it's just kind of fun when that happens. <laughs> But um, as we uh, reached the end of our episode, uh, I just had a couple of shout outs I wanted to make per the usual. Um, definitely, please go to our link tree. Uh, it's where we keep everything. Um, we're talking about maybe some changes to the link tree. But the important thing is that you can get everything that you need from there. And that's just uh, uh, it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash community roots. Um, you can also just 
Google Community Roots at this point, and uh, you'll reach our po- our podcast. Um, some other things that I wanted to point out too is just how important I, uh, rating us on iTunes and Spotify are. Uh, Mom just sent out one that had happened a little bit ago, so I appreciate you know every time that that comes up, we all kind of share these uh, quotes together, and we you know those high fives and gifts go around as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it makes a big impact on the team. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I know Mom is uh, kickstarting the Instagram and getting more posts out. Her posts are amazing. You can definitely see, like, it summarizes our episodes. You know, maybe you like uh, Trail Mix or you like Deep Breath or something like that. It actually goes through. It's an easy way that you can just share with folks in your community, share the posts. Basically be like, hey, these um, unpack that really hits me every time. Here's what it looks like. Um, here's what these episodes look like. Um, even with uh, Shane was our guest last week, Shane Martin, and mom had quotes up, you know, cool little infographics. So shout out to mom right there. Aww. And also just a good uh, good use of time. It's so fun. It's like this little bit of creative energy. I get to play with art. I love it. <laughs> so it's, yes. been, it's been life-giving. And I think that's an aspect of creative expressive arts are an important part of mental health so i'm enjoying it yeah i i love it it's it's definitely it made me smile when i saw it and i know shane was really appreciative too nice um well everyone thanks so much for joining us this week special thanks to uh mom for hosting steve dodge for the theme song and alexander wells for the logo sarah thank you for being here as well you're killing it Anyway, folks, uh, next week is Deep Breath, and the week after uh, we'll have Community Roots, so uh, I look forward to it.